Thank you for joining us in song this morning. I'd like to pray and spend some time just in prayer with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we come to you in the midst of all that's going on in this fragile and uncertain world. We consider it a privilege to come to you in prayer. The one who loves, the one who gives, and the one who forgives. Lord, in this moment of prayer, I'd like to lift the world before you. Particularly those who are sick. Particularly those who are lonely. And those who are poor. We lift each and every person in these categories before you. We pray for your healing. We pray for your hope to come into the midst of sickness, of hopelessness, for people who are unwell, for people who are fearful. Heavenly Father, we lift our leaders before you, local, state, across our nation, and across the nations. We lift each leader before you. We pray for wisdom. We pray for courage. We pray for strength to be theirs in these times of uncertainty. But as we face these times of uncertainty, we come to you, the God of all certainty. And we're thankful for your presence in the midst of all that's unfolding before us. I pray for each person who can hear my voice right now, whether it's in their lounge room, their bedroom, their kitchen, their dining room, whatever it might be, wherever they find themselves, I pray for each person who can hear this prayer right now. I'm thankful, Lord, for each one that you would grant each person the courage the life, the joy, and the peace in such times. And so, Heavenly Father, we're thankful that we can stop in this time of um, being Good Friday and we can reflect and we can remember your goodness, your love, your grace, but most of all, we remember your Son. And we pray these things. In Jesus' name, knowing that you hear us, that you are for us, and that you are with us. And it's in his name we pray. And if you agree with that prayer, we can say, Amen. Amen. Well, I think as human beings, we are wired for story. We love a great story, whether it's around the kitchen table whether we're driving together in the car, whether we're reading a good book, we're watching a movie or sitting around the fire pot or even the campfire. We love to hear a great story. There's something about a story that resonates with us. Before I go any further, I'm just going to ask for some more light just on my notes, please. But the truth is, when we hear stories... We want the hero of the story to win, don't we? We love it when the, the good guy or girl wins. And we are hardwired 
that way for good to prevail but really we want the hero to win and as we come to the story of good friday and we stand at the foot of the cross with jesus's friends with his family with those who followed him with the soldiers who stood near and the crowd who stood around and like any good story we have to ask the question if jesus is the hero of the story why did he stay on the cross you see in that moment when he was being ridiculed when he was tortured when he was being spat upon if he was the hero in all of his power why did he stay on the cross wouldn't the hero save himself the truth is that we're not the only ones asking this question you see as we read the account of jesus upon the cross we also hear the soldiers asking a similar question if you are the king of the jews save yourself they would cry out the crowd would join in with a similar kind of thing if he saved others why doesn't he save himself then the crim criminals the one one of the criminals who was at the side of jesus on the cross as well he kind of yelled out that if you are the messiah why don't you save yourself and whilst you're at it how about saving me as well see everyone's asking the same question you see if jesus is the hero of the story why does he stay upon the cross the thing about every hero's story though is that there seems to be this battle cry moment doesn't there that moment where luke says to darth i'll never choose the dark side where william wallace cries out they may take our lives but they'll very good never take our freedom anything to get braveheart into my message i love that movie but every hero tends to have this battle cry moment and his friends and his family and his followers surrounding and standing at the foot of the cross they're begging for this battle cry moment jesus just do something do something and so time goes on noon it goes dark it's in the middle of the day and they're thinking this is it it's coming this is the battle cry moment that we've been shouting out for yet time goes on noon goes to one one goes to two and two goes to three and instead of a battle cry moment what we hear is a cry of the heart my god my god why why have you forsaken me why have you abandoned me why have you left me alone and he commits his spirit 
and he dies. And instead of this battle cry moment, this is the cry of a son with a broken heart, crying out, where are you? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? You see, if Jesus is the hero of this story, why? Why does he stay on the cross? Why, isn't, why doesn't he just do something? Hmm. We're going to take a look just at a couple of passages that's going to help us to understand the how and the why Jesus stayed on the cross. A familiar passage to this story found in John 3, 16 to 17. I'm reading from the New Living Translation and it says this, for this is how God loved. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. You think about this for a moment. For God so loved, for God loved everything that has ever come out of God is an expression of His love. The entire universe is an expression of His love. You think about it just for a moment. The solar system, the planets, the moons, comets, the mountains, the rivers, the valleys, the oceans, it's all an expression of God's love story. The atmosphere even, the atmosphere of this planet is perfectly formed to keep you and I alive. It's an expression of God's love. Every time you experience love, and I hope you do, that love exists because God is love. You ever been overwhelmed by love? This next passage will give us a glimpse of why Jesus stayed on the cross. In fact, the writer talks about how to live our lives, and I like this because it's kind of like living our lives like running a race. And I love to run, and I know many of, out, many of you out there also love to run. A big uh, hi to all you runners out there. And the writer says this in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 to 2, And let us run. Let us run with what? With endurance, the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Let's think about that last verse just for a moment. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. I've got to ask the question when I read that. What would you be joyful over to the point that you would endure execution on a cross disregarding shame 
what Jesus is saying here, what, what it's saying here about Jesus is that shame is not the issue because it's the joy that's on the other side. You see, what held Jesus on the cross wasn't the nails. Physically, yes, but spiritually, at any point, Jesus could have done something. So it wasn't the nails that held him to the cross. It wasn't shame that held him to the cross, and it certainly was not his sin that held him to the cross because we are told that he lived a perfect life. He was not guilty of any sin. So if it wasn't the nails that held him to the cross, if it wasn't shame that held him to the cross, and if it wasn't his sin that held him to the cross, my question to you this morning is, what was it that held Jesus to the cross? And this is the part of the story. We love a story. This is the part of the story that we've been waiting for. This is the cliffhanger because the twist of the story is yet to come. Jesus stayed on the cross. Here it is. All for love. All for love. His message to us in this fragile and uncertain world in which we find ourselves living in was declared upon the cross and the highest expression of his love is sacrifice. You think about it. What's keeping us isolated at the moment? What is holding us back from doing the things that we want to do and the people that we want to to see think about it it's love it's sacrifice it's worth it why because it saves lives and so no matter what you've heard or think God's singular motivation toward you is love and there's something about a human story that says in all of our brokenness in all of our insanity in all of our disappointment that we are trying to do it all to be loved we are desperate to be loved and we go to great lengths don't we to be loved sometimes that brings a whole lot of hurt heartache and pain over our lives but that then, doesn't it? That then makes sense as to why God did what He did the way He did it. You see, everything God has done from the first act of creation that in the beginning God to the death of His Son upon the cross was His declaration to you that He loves you, that He sees you, and that you matter to him. You see, when Jesus died upon the cross and cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And committed his spirit and died a painful, horrible death. 
but that's where the greatest love that was ever known was born and this is the moment where your story and where God's story intersect forever and this is the moment once and for all for all humanity for God so loved the world remember that last verse there a moment ago because of the joy awaiting him he endured the cross disregarding its shame that we could be forgiven that we could be free and that we could have friendship with him forever knowing there is a God that loved us so much to send his one and only son who endured the cross out of love but let's ask the question what's at the heart of this what's at the heart of Jesus love you see if God is for us why would he do it this way why would he take on flesh and blood why would he walk among us why would he become Jesus why would he suffer and then be crucified why because it's only when it's only when we understand that God is love and the highest expression of his love is that of sacrifice I think a verse as we come to a close here in a moment and we enter a time of communion is helpful for us to understand this a little bit further is from Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 to 6 where it says this but when the right time came God sent his son born of a woman subject to the law God sent him to buy what is it to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us at his very own as his very own children and because we are his children God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts prompting us to call out Abba father and in translation it pretty much means daddy daddy that we would humble ourselves like that of a child and cry out Abba father daddy and so what what is it what's at the heart of Jesus's love for us I think it's this it's in fact it's for you to be a child of God that's it when he cried out my God my God why have you forsaken me it was so that you and I could call out Abba father knowing that his arms will be open and ready to catch us as his children verse 7 goes on and says now you are no longer a slave but God's own child verse 7 says now you are no longer a slave but God's own child and since you are his child God has made you his yeah, you see, Jesus was forsaken so you could have forgiveness from your sin. You could find freedom from your sin. And you could have friendship. But even a little bit more than that, to be accepted into his family and cry out, Father, Father. So, what held Jesus to the cross? 
Why didn't he come down? Love held Jesus to the cross for you and for me. But this is just the beginning. Sunday, we're going to hear a little bit more of this story. Let me pray. Because I'm inviting us each as we pray, as we consider this story, that God is inviting you into this story. How do you respond? Because when somebody gives you a gift, we're going to open that gift. And I'm inviting you to open that gift this morning, this Good Friday, in the midst of all that's unfolding in our world. Because God has something so very special for you. And I'm inviting you as we open that gift this morning on this Good Friday to choose to receive forgiveness. Choose to receive that freedom and choose to walk in friendship with a God who so loved you as you're adopted into His family and with that spirit now to cry out, Abba, Father. Father. And so God, we come to you in this moment knowing that because of your sacrifice, we now get a greater glimpse of the magnitude of your great love, all for love, the forgiveness of our sin, the freedom from our sin, and the friendship that we can now walk with you as part of your family and as part of you now being our Father. Maybe in this moment you would like to say, I give you my life. I give you my life. And what a good Friday it is. As we reflect on these things, we're going to come into a time of communion. And now's the opportunity, if you'd like, if you'd like to simply just press pause on your smart device, on your TV, however that looks for you. If you'd like to go to the kitchen and get the elements to join with us, however that looks for you. And when you come back, you can simply just press play and I'll be right here waiting for you to lead us into a time of communion. If you'd like to do that, feel free to do that right now. And as we go about doing that, For 2,000 years, Jesus has invited followers of him to participate in this meal. It was never meant as a religious activity. It was never meant to be reserved for just holy days. But the Bible teaches us that Jesus, here he is, reclining with his disciples at the table over a meal. And Jesus kind of interrupts the chatter amongst them and he takes two common elements from the table, that being bread and that of the cup. And he chose these common elements to show symbolically what was going to happen to him and what it was going to achieve for all of humanity. It's out of relationship with him that we participate. We're reminded through this time of his love, 
of his mercy, of his forgiveness, but also we're reminded that he is with us. And so this is an opportunity just to be still on this Good Friday. It's an opportunity to reflect. It's an opportunity to maybe even kneel, to sit at the feet of Jesus and pray that prayer to search my heart, God. And it's also an opportunity to give thanks. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that we are invited to the table. We thank you that you see us. We thank you that you know us. And we thank you that you are with us. And although we are many and although we are not together physically, we are reminded in this meal that we are one. We're reminded as we take the bread of your body that was broken for us, a reminder that we are also broken in need of salvation, in need of your grace and of your love. We take the cup, symbolic of your blood that was poured out for the sins of the world, and right now in this meal, we feast on the faithfulness, the goodness, and the love of our great God, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.